Annenberg Media. This is the Annenberg Learner Podcast, where we aim to elevate the education profession through conversations that inspire, recognize, and encourage innovation and best practices in the field. We track the lived experience of teachers, students, and parents alongside the ecosystem that serves them. Guest speakers will share what's working and the steps we can take to reimagine and redesign teaching and learning for our most vulnerable populations. Uh, hi, my name is Matthew Rodriguez. With us today is Rafael Cruz, a Los Angeles Unified School District teacher at Holland Back Middle School, recent uh, recipient of Teachers of the Year for LA County 2021-22 school year. Uh, Rafael, thank you for joining us today. To start, we'd love to hear a little bit about your um, background and um, how you became a teacher. So the how I became a teacher is, is part of the reason why I uh, really advocate certain things. Uh, I was very fortunate in high school to be part of an outreach program called Puente that really helped me become college ready. And I went to UC Santa Barbara. I got really good grades in accounting. And then I started my career in accounting. And it only lasted like two months because I wasn't career ready. and. I, I didn't know how to type correctly, I didn't use Excel correctly. And that really led to a quick exit from the accounting field. I also realized a thing that it wasn't really accounting that I was in love with because I didn't want to go back after that. It just wasn't w- what I wanted to do. So I was kind of in limbo and one of my cousins, uh, he was doing some program in Northridge and told me, he advised me or, or told me maybe I should look into it. And I did. And I loved the program and got into education and been in here 15 years ever since and really enjoy the whole fact of building people up and helping each other. I can't say this like for the corporate world because I only had a two month experience, but in those two months, the people weren't really helping you out the way that I expected or, or really taking you under the wing. It was really like, hey, you got to do this. And, you know, bottom line oriented. And I found in education, it's been the opposite, where it's really been about community, helping each other and, and really bring out the learning, you know, within us teachers. And then, of course, with our students. Thank you. Thank you for sharing uh, about the community and teaching. I think sometimes that isn't spoken about as often. Um, I'm curious, what, what's a day in the life of your, um, of your work like? Could you describe a typical day for you? So usually when we start off, the kids come in and, and I tell them if they're going to use their computer and, and, or notebook. And this, this year, we have that luxury. Our college compass, uh, we call it my academic plan where the students really reflect on their learning. And this is something new that we're doing this year, but I I really like it because it's getting the kids both college and career ready, but from them at the center, tying in the application process of, of college with the career, with extracurricular activities. So the students were able to talk about the things that they're interested in 
uh, things that are part of their hobbies or, or you know, they'll be able to put in, in, in such a thing as a college application. And we were able to talk about how really to be successful, not just in college, but most importantly, in the real world, uh, you have to be really well-rounded. And after that, we got into our projects. So uh, our school, our middle school, we're one of the leading middle schools in linked learning. Purpose of linked learning is really to connect students' learning within each class and also into the real world. Today, our students were working on finishing their project. Uh, we're doing a COVID-19 vaccination campaign. Uh, the class that I'm teaching right now is medical detectives. So the students, they're working together collaboratively with each other on creating pamphlets, posters, and one class is creating a video, one class is creating a podcast. Most of the time in the classroom, students are carrying the cognitive load. So basically what that means is me talking less and them talking more, whether it be like with each other or in conversations, and then producing uh, real life work where they, they're able to put their, their learning into something that's going to be applicable. So our COVID-19 campaign, we made a video and we're hoping all the classes uh, show them and we're going to do some presentations. Uh, we're a seventh grade class into a sixth grade class. We were so fortunate, so awesome, fortunately, last uh, yesterday to have a couple of doctors, Dr. Velasquez and Dr. Campos. Uh, Zoom with our students and answer questions that they had to further their knowledge about COVID-19 because we're really taking a science uh, knowledge-based approach to help people get, but we want to get all our students vaccinated. And But we're coming out from uh, scientific facts, like knowing what the, the COVID vaccine is, how it works debunking the misinformation. So having those doctors, two doctors come and talk to our class and interact with our students, that was really rich. And now our, our students are using that information to finish up their projects. So our class is really project-based oriented and a really heavily lean and cultural responsive teaching. So that project is part of a bigger project. It's really about what's our responsibility to our community. Uh, the science that we're learning is about ecosystems. So that's going to break into a project that has to do with global warming and something that we could implement and the students could reflect and work on their identity as uh, agents of change. So basically, we're usually working on projects uh, that the students get to kind of choose the topic and kind of really guide the learning. So we, we give them the essential question, give them the, the standards that we're covering. But in my class, the kids can learn by doing, by using their talents and their their assets built on their learning and then we give them some questions i guide them i facilitate them you know to to get the discussion started but the kids like i said they do the the heavy load and once again like like it's big on them having a good time learning and you know really getting into things they're interested in i think that's really the awesome part they have fun and they're learning at the same time and they're doing higher order thinking and learning it and synthesizing and analyzing because those are the skills that they need, 
now in the you know the new the new economy transferable skills so every day our kids we have uh, four pathway outcomes they're they're either working on being a effective collaborator effective communicator a problem solver or a critical thinker thank yeah. you Raphael. that was uh there were so many things that i wanted to touch to kind of circle back on um what one it sounds like a wonderful environment to be learning um and I'm curious, you mentioned uh, a couple things that were new this year, like the academic plan where they reflect on their learning. And I think you mentioned something about they get to choose a notebook or computer. Um, what, what is different about this year for students? The, my academic plan got rolled out and our school was kind of like typical of how some programs get rolled out. People telling us we got to do this. And when that happens, that kind of loses the, the reason why we're doing stuff. So a lot of people looked at it negatively and we were able to revamp it. Why are we even doing it? Are we just doing it because someone's like in the top is telling us to do it or are we going to use it? So some people in the summer uh, worked on it together with a partnership of LA and we were able to really have the, the teachers understand why we're, we're doing it. And now we're really implementing it for real because we're, we're using it like, you know, to kind of help the kids reflect and not just using it to get it done and, and to put a bunch of data that's not relevant. One of the big things that, that I'm pushing for is having more qualitative data than quantitative data. You know, instead of just getting the numbers, well, what do the numbers mean? Well, what are they telling us? Now we're using that data. We're using data from the students. What do they think? about certain things or, or, or where do they see their future going? So, so we could start, you know, instead of going from top bottom, we're looking at from, from bottom up, hey, what are the kids telling us to do? Have that guide our work. And I think that was something new because last year in the pandemic, like we didn't know what to do. We're, it was like a totally new ball game. And I think for the first time and something that we're doing less of this year, and I hope but more than other years, see what were the needs of our students and parents. And, and we started off from there. We didn't even start off from like test scores or anything like that. It was like, let's survey the kids. What, what's happening? What do they need? What makes them feel comfortable as we're learning how to do this, this virtual teaching? What, what, what experience are they going to? What social emotional learning do we have to uh, provide for for them and their if people needed food or their financial problems and, and we were deploying people to to help them right really looking uh, uh, leaning on community services to help us on that so it felt like a really big community really looking at at the essential things uh, of what people need what, what our students need to be successful and kept on looking at that data to revamp our our virtual learning change things up to really meet what our data our qualitative data was telling us so we were able to meet one need that we hadn't in many years which was the, the technology uh gap where not all our students had the technology where you know we have one card for two or three teachers and and then we you know we were able to deploy technology to our students last year now this year, all the kids have a computer, so I could tell them like, hey, today we're going to be working on the computer or today we're going to be working 
on our our notebook. That's just like so awesome them having the computers because like I'm still using platforms that I used last year because it was cool. The kids could like they could message me in, in our platform called Schoology and, and ask me questions that they might not feel comfortable in class. So I'm still trying to, to have all the material they need on on that Schoology platform, you know, in case they're absent or in case they need to reference it. And that kind of helps them be more independent because like, oh, like if I have a video, an instructional video explaining the project, they could always go back and look at it. So those were a couple of things that are, are new this year that I'm definitely like leaning on. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for qualitative data. I'm looking for data of the kids letting me know where the instruction needs to go. And yeah, I'm teaching electives to be fair. So <laughs> my kids don't take the standardized test. What they do is they have exhibition nights where they showcase their social cultural project to an authentic audience. Sometimes, depending on what it is, um, this year the authentic audience is gonna be the students that they wanna persuade to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Other uh, years, it might be like engineers or anyone that's looking at their project, depends on the theme. So those are like our tests. And you know, because our tests are so project-oriented, the kids are able to do the work and learn from the work immediately, get immediate feedback as they're working on their projects, their success rate is really high. I'm able to do some things that other teachers are not. Let the students tell me where my teaching is going instead of having an instructional book tell me where I need to go. And that was perfect with virtual learning because I think that's where I succeeded where because I don't, it is projects. It was easier to, to go from live teaching to virtual teaching and then back to live teaching because it's projects. And when kids are doing projects, you know, you have a lot of flexibility. Yes. Thank you for sharing that about the connection to real world learning. And um, uh, I love this idea of the exhibition where they present to an authentic audience. Um, I'm curious, what, what is the name of the elective that you, that you teach? This year, I'm teaching medical detectives that consist of a couple units, like where, where the kids have to figure out mystery illness and then a mystery diagnosis. And then the last unit is a murder mystery. There's this program called PLTW that gives us a curriculum. And from there, you know, I had the flexibility to do some extensions, like the COVID-19 project as an extension from the mystery illness uh, unit that talks about contagious diseases. You know, we start off by, by learning what nurses and doctors do, and then the, they have to diagnose a patient. And from that extension, we, we started doing the COVID project. So medical detectives, just like an exploratory course on medical world and forensics. As part of its mission to advance excellent teaching in American schools, Annenberg Learner funds and distributes educational video programs 
coordinated online and print materials for the professional development of K-12 teachers. Many programs are also intended for students in the classroom and viewers at home with videos that exemplify excellent teaching. K-12 educators, students, and lifelong learners may access Annenberg Learner resources for free at learner.org. Please note, rights restrictions may limit the availability of some series. For the latest information about learner programming and availability, sign up for the Annenberg Learner Newsletter at learner.org. Where did your uh, career start as a teacher? So I've only done this the last five years. Uh, before that, I taught math and science. Uh, there was one year that I, I was at Oakland as a, a transformational coach, but for those other first I guess like 10 years was, was teaching math and science. Got it. I can see um, the, the connection between math and science and these project-based learning. Uh, I'm curious if you've seen models where these project-based learning curriculum is happening in the math and science classroom instead of an elective. And what are your thoughts on, on that? So like with link learning, our PBL projects are cross-curricular and, and that has been a challenge uh, right now, math and English are not part of our projects because testing pressure, they're looking at the scores. So, you know, it becomes nerve wracking, but we do the, the projects with history and science. Last year, we did a, a project that was called medieval engineering, where we, we looked at some aspects of medieval times and we connected it to a science curriculum that had to do with building baby incubators for you know places that don't have electricity so that was a natural connection to the medieval times where they didn't have electricity and there was a high infant mortality rate so we connected connected it with the engineering to to build baby incubators some virtually and then some of them we built like solar ovens you know, so things that the medieval people will use that still had to do with our science uh, standards that were about heat transfer. And we were able to do an exhibition. Actually, that, that happened with the pandemic. We had to kind of switch it a little bit because we were going to have this whole big event where, where it, we, kids were going to be like merchants from the medieval times and they were going to be selling their inventions. They created with scientific knowledge and, and, and engineering skills. So we're going to give community members little coins, give the coin to the, the product that they like the best. And we thought that was going to be like authentic and fun. Fortunately, the pandemic happened. So then we had change it a little bit. And we had the kids use this program called Flipgrid where, where they did their presentation. And then industry members and, and educators will look at their video and then give them feedback. Flipgrid, you could do a video and then you could do a, a feedback video. So that really was something that I'm using now too, because I was able to get a lot of people, engineers. We got somebody from NASA. We got uh, someone that was a structure engineer because they could make their video whenever they wanted. So they were able to interact with the students without having to come to the classroom because it's hard to get professionals to come into the classroom. Like I said, we had some doctors come Monday. They didn't come into the classroom. We Zoomed with them. That's something from that pandemic that I'm using now too is, oh, you know, I need professionals to work with our kids in the project. It's hard for them to take a whole day off or, or even just to come for one hour because you have to include traveling. 
but now we could Zoom with them and it only takes them like half an hour, right? They could Zoom from their office and we're able to get more professionals to come in and help our kids with our projects. Part of link learning is bringing in the professionals. So now the kids get like a deeper understanding of, of what we're learning and how it's applied in an in industry. But now when we bring the doctors, they're teaching you from like live experience, how they have used this knowledge. I would love for English and math to, to be part of the projects. Uh, when I taught math, I did some of those, but not with other curriculum. But I got really good test scores when I taught math. And I think part of it was that we were doing projects as well. And we were incorporating in as much of real life. Uh, we, we even did like some songs with the angles. So we'll just create projects out of it. And I think that's why my kids did really good in, in math. That and the effort we put in to working with our parents as partners. I pushed uh, math and English in our school to be part of our project. In that I'm reflecting on education, I think like something like portfolios is a much better indicator of what skills our students have is much more equitable and it's going to be more real life because that's what what you do you don't take a test when you interview for a job you know you show your portfolio they take away the flexibility i think of educators i i couldn't agree with you more uh rafael and uh i think anytime a, a student has can see why they're learning what they're learning and it it makes sense and it connects to the real world that's when there's deep connections that are being made that last beyond, you know, getting ready for a test. Um, and it's exciting to hear that teachers like you have these experiences for students um, so they can make those connections across, across um, disciplines and really, un- and really have access to people that have those jobs and hear from, from professionals. Um, I'm curious, all, all of this sounds, sounds like a lot. There's, uh, there's parents, there's um, professionals in the community, there's uh, bringing in outside learning and, and really current events, it sounds like, um, especially with COVID, this COVID-19 project and vaccinations. Uh, what kind of support are, do you get to continue your learning and to be able to bring in these experiences for students? We're a link learning school, like I mentioned. So we get professional development from that. Or we're also part of the partnership for LA also gives us professional development. And being part of, of the partnership from LA, I was able, they were able to really help me financially last year to get my master's with UCLA program called PLI focus on, on so with a social cultural lens. So those have been all great opportunities. My learning, like I get more learning, but at the same time, like co-constructing my learning with these individuals. I think that I'm very fortunate to have those programs. Like I love them because I feel like, like I'm learning with a network. One of the goals of both Link Learning and the Partnership for LA is to build the capacity of their teachers. So I definitely have taken advantage of that to expand my, my learning. And I, and I'm very grateful for that. And like I said, and that provides me opportunity to work with other educators, like with our link learning program. uh, I was very fortunate to work with Nightingale, another middle school in in LA where they were starting their program. And then a teacher called Mr. Reyes, who was in the same boat as me, we collaborated a lot that first year because it was hard to 
implement a, a thing like that at a middle school. But with a high school, it's a lot easier because there's internships. But we really communicated, change, exchanging ideas. I'm part of what's going to be called the Link Learning Alliance, where they're trying to promote more, more of these programs in middle schools. And that's just like a bunch of educators getting together and, and talking about it. And, you know, every culture has brilliant people. We're, we're part of that. So I'm able to practice that. One of my friends told me like, hey, getting fired from accounting might, you know, was a blessing in disguise. And in retrospect, like I'm in a place where, you know, I'm happy. Like I enjoy my work. Right now I'm putting myself in positions like schools and networks that I know they're about the work that I like doing. Now I get to do that work, construct with people. And like, it's fun interacting with the students and watching their projects and giving them immediate, like, that's fun. I really concentrate my, my time as an educator on the things that like, they're fun for me. So I, I seek out professional development because I want to like learn about it because I'm interested in it. And that's really what I try to, to foster in my students were, you know, these projects, like get them motivated about things that they're interested in and curious about. That's how they do the, the heavy lift because they're interested in it, you know, and I'm just there to kind of facilitate and help them and, you know, maybe take them in the right directions during my teaching time. Now it's fun and, and I'm not stressed out because my students are doing most of the work, right? And they're enjoying it. So, the, so they're owning the the learning i mean great networks i enjoy them uh, whatever people have to say about these two networks think learning and partnership for la i i feel blessed to be in them they provided me a lot of opportunities and they provided most of all me to pursue things that i'm curious about it and i want to and i'm hoping that some of my students feel the same way yeah I, when you when you describe your work and these opportunities um, with learning with the network and exchanging ideas with teachers, it sounds sounds very creative and and fun. and I'm sure you're conveying that to your students and that's I think it, what a blessing for them to have a teacher like you uh, working with them and guiding them through through their own learning. The Annenberg Foundation is a family foundation that provides funding and support to nonprofit organizations in the U.S. and globally. The foundation is dedicated to addressing the critical issues of our time through innovation, community, compassion, and communication. To learn more, go to annenberg.org. Um, I'm curious, what, um, what would make your experience as a teacher more enjoyable, even more than it already is? <laughs> Being able to have the, the focus change from, from standardized testing to what we call portfolio and defense, where the students build a portfolio throughout the year. And then in the end, they do the defense. And like I said, I'm able to do that. But unfortunately, you know, I think like our other subjects, they're not able to do that and participate fully because they're worried about the, the standardized test. But I think if we focus on something like that, where the kids are building a portfolio and, and they're able to, in the end, showcase I think that would be even like more awesome, right? Like do more PBLs, like have that be the center of, of our education. Because even now, like being part of link learning, like getting time to work with my colleagues sometimes could be difficult because 
there's other priorities that our school has and a lot of them are based on standardized testing like i mentioned like my kids they're good in the test like the more projects they do once you get them the test and they'll be able to do good in it because they they're learning the standard so what we really need now is like people that are able to be creative that are able to be adaptable and i think like if we've had that to be the focus and that's pretty much what you know link learning focus is then that would make it more fun because then more more of my colleagues would want would have time to work together for us to create these projects yes thank thank you thank you for sharing that um I, you mentioned in your in your video about uh being a part of community of change um, and I'm talking about your teacher of the year video. Can you talk a little bit about that? What it, what does that mean? And I, I think you've touched on it a little bit, but I'd love to just kind of dive in there a little bit more. Oh, I think it, it's like transforming education. And like, I've been very blessed. Like I was hired at Hollenbeck Middle School by a principal called Vicky Castro. Well, Vicky Castro turns out she was part of the people that organized the walkout back in 1968. So she already came with the lens of, of transforming, you know, our community, you know, through its assets, through the, the things that we have in our community that are, that are pretty awesome already and building on those. And she really like was an, an inspiration because she was part of I think like a committee or a program where, where there was mostly men as administrators. So she became one of the first female ministers. She was in the forefront of that throughout the, you know, the civil rights movement. And then, so she taught me and, and the people that I started working with to be leaders and, and to be agents of change. And like one of, one of my colleagues, he's our, our director in the partnership for LA uh mr randy romero so and he's he helped transform roosevelt magnet into being one of the top schools i uh, was ranked i think one year number two and my other colleague uh Mato bautista now he's a principal at mendez mendez high school which is a very highly acclaimed uh school in boyle Heights. so all of a sudden we have like three or four or five uh, high schools in Boyle Heights that are have really high regard. So, and and they did that through people from the community and building each other on education. And even like to, with with that, like Mr. Bautista, my mentor, like I remember as a first year teacher, him talking about how he bought a house in the neighborhood because he believes in in building up the neighborhood through in the neighborhood becoming owners of, of houses and, and you know not moving to other cities his philosophy was like no i'm gonna come build a house here and we're gonna bring up the neighborhood with members of the neighborhood that got in you know started getting jobs that pays a little bit more instead of having gentrification so i actually like recently bought my my home in, in east la and it was where i kind of wanted to live because I love the community here and, you know, want to kind of like follow in the footsteps of, of Mr. Bautista and, and really build up the community, not just through like education, but being part of the community because, hey, I think we, we have the assets to do that. So 
being part of the community of change, I think that that's what I meant. Like it's we're, we're going to change education, not just with with oh, bringing in industry members like link learning or, or having people, you know, up our game, like with a partnership for L.A., like that are letting us co-construct. But it's also like bringing in the parents and the students because the, they're part of the community and then, you know, being part of the community and, and helping it really like concentrate on the assets of that community to, to build it, just enhance it, you know, like enhance it. I think that's what's really happened like in Boyle Heights in East LA over the years, because, you know, like I said, I'm living here. I love it. You know, whatever stereotypes that were in the past, I, I don't, I haven't seen them. I haven't experienced them. That's how we, we, we transform. We create the change. Like it has to be like all oh, the students and then they're like, you know, their parents, their community, we all do it together. And that's why I love working at Hollenbeck Middle School. And I used to work at Stevenson Middle School, two schools in Boyle Heights, opposed to, you know, was, was that sense of community and the sense that, that we're improving as a community and we're leaning on the community to kind of help us do that. And so that's what I mean, like being part of the change is like, I'm just like one member of a bunch of people that, that are helping us do this. So like the doctors that came on Monday, like they're interested. There were two Latino doctors who were interested in giving back and helping the future doctors. So without them, like my program is not as good, you know, without the parents who are are always attending exhibition nights or who are always willing to help out with whatever we need. Like the education is not going to be the same. Like I said, my scores were super high because we engaged the parents and the parents were like our partners. And of course the kids, I'm not, I'm not teaching empty vessels. These are, you know, young people that come up with a bent, a bunch of knowing, a bunch of understanding already from, you know, their young life experience and it's just my job to kind of facilitate them to have that grow so you know like all together you know and, and but i think that's how how we're gonna i mean that's how we have to you know right like the world's changing we got to find out solutions invite the environment and solutions for the over amount of automation that we're gonna have so we have to together like come up with these solutions we're we're gonna keep we're, we're changing, society is changing at a rapid pace. So we could only transform as a community. I love it. And that takes me back to thinking about what's happening in, in your classroom. It's, um, um, it's really getting them prepared for a world of uncertainty and learning to be problem solving and connectors and collaborators with, with um, the resources that are, that are where they live, but also that are outside that can support uh, based on their own needs and desires. Um, I, I really like, like hearing about this work, Rafael, and I think you're, you'll be an inspiration to a lot of our listeners. Be a part of America's Student Support Network. Become a tutor, a mentor, or serve to support young people through quality opportunities today. Go to GetReadySet.org to learn how you can help. And if you are located in California, you can volunteer to tutor online today by going to StepUpTutoring.org. StepUp Tutoring's mission is to drive student success by providing free online tutoring and mentorship. 
to elementary school students in third through sixth grades. Help spread the word. Prospective tutors may apply online through the Step Up Tutoring website at stepuptutoring.org. Um, I'm curious, this, is, this will be my last question, but where do you see yourself in, in five years? Where do I see? So I got recently got my admin credential and I don't know where professionally I'll be. Hopefully I'll be in education. I do, once I retire, I want to do a PhD program and, and do some writing because like, as, as you see, like a lot of my, sometimes things, have to do with culture. Like I want to write, I, I want to do the research instead of like, you know, a lot of times in my career, you know, they bring these experts that, that have these writings and well, I already knew experts. Like I, the ones I mentioned, Vicky Castro, Mr. Bautista. So like, it was like, why are they legitimate? Oh, cause they got a degree. And some of them I highly respect, like the, the people I learned under UCLA, but eventually like, I want to own the, own the work too. Like I want to, you know, tap into the learning that I had that's not always validated because it's just people on the ground doing the work. I want to do that once my career is over. But for the next five years, I, I want to work either at Hollenbeck Middle School or Stevenson Middle School which are the two middle schools in Boyle Heights. What am I going to be doing? I don't know right now. I'm really happy. Like in my position, I'm able to build this link learning program in, in, our, in our school or at least in our, in our personalized learning community. And as an administrator, if I'll be able to have like the impact right now that I'm able to have or the funds that I'll be an administrator, an AP sometime down the future. but like, I'm really just like, want to be in a place where I feel I can make an impact and that I could have fun and enjoy. And right now I'm in a, in a school and in a position that I'm doing that through my leadership positions, continue this work. I don't know, like right now I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And I think that to me is the most important thing. If I realize in my life, I want to, yeah, I want to help the community and I want to ha- you know, be happy and do things that I, that I enjoy. Well, well, thank you. Um, we look forward to uh, tracking your progress and um, I really enjoyed this conversation. Is there anything else that you would like to share that I didn't ask about or any um, social media or um, websites that you'd like to share for our audience? Oh yeah. I, I do have a, a, a YouTube that people could access some of our the awesome work our students are going call HMS STEM with two M's pathway courses. And like, I love showing the students work, right? Cause that, that's like about the students, the awesomeness that they have. If one theme that I keep saying is like, you know, we got to access our students, not just, uh, funds of knowledge that they, there's a lot that they bring to the table. So I love like showcasing when, all their awesome things that they're doing. So I love like sharing the awesomeness that them and their families are doing. So that's HMS STEM with two M's and Pathways Courses. Thank you, Rafael. 
The Annenberg Learner Podcast joins the catalog of multimedia professional learning content to support educators teaching in more effective ways. Annenberg Learner is the education division of the Annenberg Foundation. Learner supports the foundation's mission to encourage the development of more effective ways to share ideas and knowledge. Go to learner.org and annenberg.org to learn more.